0: Hello, and welcome to episode 45 of Linux Downtime. I'm Joe, and with me are Adam. Hi, Joe. And Martin. Hello, Joe. Nice to talk to you both again. Nice to be back. Thanks for having me. Indeed. Nice to make a return. The new Ubuntu LTS 2204 has just come out. And Martin, you run the flavor Ubuntu Mate, so I thought it might be nice to have a chat about that. But instead of the usual, what are the new features, tell us about the kernel, tell us about uh, the new applications or whatever, I thought it would be more interesting to talk about what goes into putting a distro like this together. So I suppose to start with, how long have you been doing Ubuntu Mate? Coming up for nine years, I
1: think. Uh, nine years in June. And how long have you been in official flavour? Since uh, 1504, so uh, eight eight. Years, uh, if my maths is right, I don't know, eight, nine years. Wow. It's so <laughs> Time maths. Yeah, so 1504 was the first release, and 1410 was a remix where we sort of bootstrapped everything.
2: They are quite close to each other. I didn't realize it was as close to you releasing as it was to becoming an official spin.
1: Yeah, we so we started in the June of 2014 and made a 1410 release alongside... The development of fourteen ten of the official flavors, and then during that fifteen oh four cycle, moved it from sort of um, bootstrapped remix to an official flavor. And my understanding is, I think it's the quickest it's been done in like
0: two cycles. So over these last eight or nine years, what would you say are the high and low points of it all? Um,
1: well, certainly, I think you know the very first official release, or in fact the day. The canonical build infrastructure spat out the very first version of Ubuntu Mate, you know, officially, which was on the lead up to the fifteen oh four release. That was that obviously felt like a, a a big achievement. And then each of the LTS's obviously stand out because those are the ones that people really use and make most use of. So we've done four L. This will be our fourth
2: LTS as an official an official project. Did they let you into the data center to smash a bottle of champagne against the server? <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: In fact, I've never seen the physical infrastructure for any of the canonical <laughs> servers ever. Um so yeah, even while I worked there, I never I never got to see it in, in person.
0: Well that leads me to what might be the low moment. Could that have been when you started working for Canonical and realized quite how much more popular the standard gnome vanilla version of ubuntu is versus flavors like ubuntu mate
1: um yes i mean i don't know it's a low point it's certainly uh enlightening the sheer scale of difference um so i think ubuntu mate is the only flavor that also hooks into the usage metrics so you know after you've done an install it asks you whether or not you want to submit some hardware information to help inform decisions around hardware support, you know, for the Ubuntu project.
0: Yeah, whether you're using a 4K screen and if you've got 256 gigabytes of RAM, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, all of that sort of stuff. And whilst I was at Canonical, I had sight of that data And I could see the fraction of a rounding error that represented (laughs) Ubuntu Mate um, alongside, you know, Ubuntu itself. And, you know, what's interesting about that is that Ubuntu Mate is the most popular flavor, you know, of the official flavors. So it's the most popular and still a rounding error. Yeah, it's absolutely tiny, absolutely wow. tiny. In fact, you know, I, 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 I'll, I'll be happy to share the actual numbers for Ubuntu Mate. So uh, as I look at it today, we sit somewhere around 150 to 160,000 active users.
0: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And that is an awful lot of people. But compared with the however many billion Windows users there are, mm-hmm. that's a, a fraction of a fraction of a rounding error of a fraction. Yeah. It's a higher caliber of users, though. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm surprised that Zubuntu uh, is is lower in terms of oh, here usage. We go. So that that is, is purely based on estimates, because as far
1: as I'm aware, other than the security pocket, there's no way to sort of look at what Zubuntu's usage is. I think there would be now, not that I would have sight of it, but because we're all shipping the snap of Firefox. Mm it would be possible to see, you know, a comparative flavor analysis. But, um, of course, none of the flavors
0: have access to those metrics. We're not supposed to be talking about features and applications and stuff, but uh, I'm led to believe that you are shipping Flatpak and Snap and saying just have at it in this version of Ubuntu Mate.
1: Yeah, that's right. So obviously Snap support's been there for a while. Flatpak is shipped alongside it, along with all of the necessary portal support and also LibFuse too, so that app images work out of the box as well. So it really doesn't matter whether you want Snaps, Flatpaks, PPAs or app, app images. They all will just work Is that easy to rationalize with boutique? I think that's your software suite, isn't it? Yeah. So Boutique only installs, um, Debs from apt repositories. We've, we've not got round to adding support for other package formats, but the inclusion of Flatpak, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, what it takes to, you know, run a project. The inclusion of Flatpak is what was requested by the rest of the core team for Ubuntu Mate. That came up as something that they wanted to see included. And um, I did a little bit of due diligence to see what the impact of that would be. And it turned out there was no, you know, no downside, no issue. I was concerned initially that that might pull in some of Gnome's underpinnings, which, you know, could create some problems, but it doesn't. So we were able to include it. And so that was a core team initiative. And I just implemented what was requested by the team. As the resident Flatpak fanboy, I'm quite happy to hear that. Yeah, indeed. And there are certainly, you know, if you go and look at circle.gnome.org, I think it is, which is sort of a summary of all of the GNOME applications, I think very few of those exist in the Ubuntu archive, and almost all of them exclusively live in Flathub.
2: Yeah, a lot of early stuff lands as a sort of taster in Flatpak format these days. So you mm-hmm. tend to get a lot of early applications in Flatpak format before other things, at least anecdotally.
0: Yeah. You've always kind of been the alternative distro, though, haven't you? Like, you were the, the old-school GNOME 2-style experience. And um, so you're you kind of almost like the, the rebels Ubuntu. And so it doesn't surprise me that you've decided to say, look, however you want to install applications, just go for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's always been sort of at the heart of Ubuntu Mate, that um ability to sort of have it how you want it. But we've always said that we would stay true to, you know, some, uh, so for example, the aesthetics of how Ubuntu presents itself. So, you know, we were shipping the ambient radiant themes, whilst those were current. And we've now made, you know, the transition to Yuru about a year ago. So, you know, we try to sort of stay close to Ubuntu, but we also try to provide as much choice and flexibility to the users of Ubuntu Mate that we can can offer.
0: Okay, this episode is sponsored by Vulture. Go to getvulture.com slash LDT to sign up and get $150 free credit to use in 30 days. Vulture offers high-performance cloud compute, bare metal, storage, and managed Kubernetes in 24 locations all over the world. You can pick from 12 operating systems, including Windows, or you can bring your own ISO. Vulture's marketplace offers one-click installation of more than 50 applications and operating systems, including Instant Minecraft and other game servers, VoIP and VPN platforms, content management systems like WordPress and CPanel. Also check out their optimized plans, CPU, memory and storage optimized instances featuring the latest AMD Epic chips. So go to getVulture.com slash L D T to get your $150 credit and support the show. That's G-E-T V-U-L-T-R dot com slash L D T. What actually goes into running a distro then? Because you do have a full-time job and you always have had various full-time jobs while you've been running this distro. So it's not something that you're spending your full 40 hours a week on. So how much time does it take and and what do you actually do? It comes in fits.
1: And so if we take like the six-month development cycle, let's just look at this one we've just had there's a little bit of sort of fatigue as the you know the 2110 release comes out the door and you just want to take your foot off the gas for a little bit because it's been it's usually a bit fast and furious as release approaches and i start by making a list of things that i would like to try and get done so i draw up a a list of stuff i want to get done most of the work of delivering the mate desktop That's actually done in Debian. So I'm part of the Debian maintainers for Mate desktop. I rev those packages in Debian. They get uploaded to Debian and then automatically synchronized to Ubuntu. So there's only a handful of packages that are part of what you recognize as Ubuntu Mate, which live exclusively in the Ubuntu archive. And that's things like the artwork um, and that's probably about it. And some settings packages. But, you know, even that, um, the majority of that is shared with Debian. The beautiful, beautiful green artwork. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. I think I said it to orange when I installed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can now because in this release, we have all of the Yuru accent colors. So you can choose, you know, which, which color variation you would like now.
2: So is that the reason why, unless my filtering skills are terrible, your bug tracker is remarkably small?
1: Well, there's an interesting story there. You know, Joe was asking, you know, what do you do in this cycle? I think I've processed close to a thousand bugs wow. across all of the either GitHub or launch pad trackers for the various components that make up Ubuntu Mate. And, you know, closing some bugs, it's closing bugs that in some cases are five, you know, five, six years old, uh, that I've finally figured out how we, how we fix it or have enough time budget at the end of the development cycle to actually go and you know triage some bugs that are long-standing and complicated so yeah the the, the bug list is definitely shorter than it has ever been because that has been a focus of uh, where I've been spending time on this release
2: I know there is a core team because you mentioned uh, obviously it's, it's very obvious on the website and you mentioned it previously is it fair to say though that you are the benevolent dictator for life
1: yeah, I sort of I lead the team and I I get the final say. Um And usually the final say isn't that I don't I refuse to do something, but there is good technical reasons why, you know, it can't or shouldn't be done. And I'm there to sort of, you know, be the safeguard, you know, re- regarding those decisions. Most of the rest of the team are responsible for maintaining the website and the documentation and doing a lot of the QA testing and the initial bug triage. And what they're particularly good at um, that I've found particularly helpful over the last two years is they sort of collate the hot issues where they find them, whether they're being discussed in the community forums or in our Discord server or in bug references in GitHub and Launchpad. And they kind of point me at these are the major pain points. And I find that really helpful because that helps me sort of focus my attention on where the bug triage or the bug fixing needs to be, needs to be carried out.
0: So apart from the technical stuff, you have to deal with all of the admin, presumably, the finances both taking in money and then spending it on servers and all the rest of it. That must take up quite a lot of time as well, then.
1: Sort of, yes. So with regards to the admin for the project, we have what's called the Ubuntu Mate Guardians. And I think there's five or six of us in that group. I can't quite remember the exact number. But that group of people have full access to everything, except for the money. And the reason for that is, is that I don't deal with the money either. I have a friend of mine that takes care of all of that, so that I'm separated from it. So, and also, I'm uh, I'm not a qualified accountant or anything, and so Richard sorts out all of that CIC stuff and, and deals with that, which is great. A CIC. Uh, it's a community interest com- co- company, corporation. I forget exactly what the last C stands for. <laughs> but it's, um, we're not a charity, but it, it provides an umbrella of um, how to use money coming to a project.
0: What happens if Richard runs away to join the circus? That's the sort of nice way of what we used to call bus factor.
1: Uh, yeah, well, he, he's the one bus factor, and I would have to find somebody
2: else who would be able to, you know, do that for us or do it myself. I think that's uh, an area which is a particular interest in Linux distributions, in software, especially open source software. There have been other distributions who have not been entirely transparent. I'm not going to name any <laughs> names, but there have been examples in the past of distributions where the treasury element has been somewhat questionable. We'll Mm -hmm. leave it at that. Is that something that you're consciously aware of when it comes to the money side of things?
1: Yeah, and in fact, when we started the project, the very first time we started soliciting uh, tips, because you can't call them donations. There's that's you know has legal connotations. Very important distinction. Yeah. So the first time we started soliciting for tips, it was because we wanted to pay for a fairly chunky server to host a discourse instance some of the feedback from the community way back then was a lot of people were uncomfortable with the community residing on the social networks, primarily at the time, Google+. Plus. Do you remember that? Oh, wow! <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we figured out it was going to cost us about 145 quid a month to pay for a server that was chunky enough to host our discourse and back it up and all the rest of it. So at that time, we started collecting tips and every month we prepared a very detailed breakdown of everyone who contributed financially, how much that was, and then where we were spending that money on hosting or domain name registrations. And when we had a surplus, which happened very quickly, we started contributing to other projects and developers who Ubuntu Mate directly benefited from. Good humble brag there. Well, (laughs) yeah, but uh, unfortunately, (laughs) you know, those were innocent, more innocent times. It was very good and it was popular. It was seen as a popular thing that we did. And I saw some other distros sort of follow uh, in a similar way, but then GDPR happened and we started to get a lot of um, requests to have people's information removed from those Public records. And after seeking some legal advice, the advice was to remove all of the references to people that had contributed, which we subsequently did. So those blog posts no longer carry, you know, those detailed lists of who contributed what. And we also
2: stopped producing those monthly reports. Right. That's kind of like transparency directly butting up against, well, in this case, European legislation. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, indeed. Now there are ways to continue doing it, but there are some legal loop, legal hurdles you need to clear. And as Joe said, this is not my day job. There is only so many hours in the day and what free time I have to work on Ubuntu Mate, I want to be doing the things that I enjoy doing, which is writing code and making it better and, you know, working on the themes and all of that sort of stuff. So. So yeah, uh, we just decided
0: to stop doing those reports as a result. To what extent do you think being an official flavor and being able to rely on Canonical's build infrastructure and stuff makes it different from running another distro? It must make the costs a lot lower. So yes, it's true. When,
1: once we became an official flavor and we didn't have to host our own downloads, that was costing a significant amount of money. So at its height we were producing the Raspberry Pi images because we've been doing that since 2015. Those downloads were costing us some months uh, the bandwidth in excess of a £1,000 a month. Wow! So that was expensive. Um, then we got a sponsor, which meant that those costs went away. And obviously the distro itself, the main PC release, those images are hosted on Canonical Infrastructure, so of zero cost to the participating flavours. But I think there's much more that an official flavor gets by being based on Ubuntu than simply, you know, download expenses being covered.
0: Well, all the security stuff for a start. Well, that's a
1: massive piece of it. You know, there is a sizable full-time security team at Canonical that are maintaining the integrity of sort of the core platform and as it happens, I've had two security issues that I needed to fix in Ubuntu Mate just in the last few weeks. But I was able to contact the security team. This is not because of my past. This is something that the flavor maintainers can do and was able to get some advice from them on how best to proceed with fixing the issues that I'd been presented with. So, you know, that's extremely valuable. Then, of course, you need to remember that, you know, Ubuntu Mate, the clue's in the name. It's Ubuntu plus Mate. The Mate stuff, the bit that makes Ubuntu Mate distinctive is probably the last 5% of the cake. You know, I get a lot of the foundations, the infrastructure of Ubuntu for free. And quite often when there's like a significant moving change in the fabric of Ubuntu, the relevant teams at Canonical will actually help the flavors with those transitions. So you get an awful lot of benefit. And, you know, I've I've spoken to some of the sort of maintainers and developers of projects that are based on Ubuntu and sort of said to them, you know, you really should consider like moving to an official Ubuntu flavor that can be called anything. It doesn't have to be Ubuntu something. It could be called, you know, Joe Blog's distro. It could be called anything. Or Ubuntu even. <laughs> all that. <laughs> but when you're building on top of Ubuntu in an official way, you get so much, you know, you, you get to stand on top of all of that great work and not have to do it
0: yourself. It's very valuable. Okay. This episode is sponsored by Collide. Go to kolide.com slash ldt to sign up today. Collide sends employees important, timely, and relevant security recommendations for their Linux, Mac, and Windows devices right inside Slack. Collide is perfect for organizations that care deeply about compliance and security, but don't want to get there by locking down devices to the point where they become unusable. Instead of frustrating your employees, Collide educates them about security and device management while directing them to fix important problems. Collide helps deal with some of the many issues that are not solved by locking down devices, like instructing developers to set passphrases on unencrypted SSH keys, finding plain text two-factor backup codes and teaching end users how to store them securely, and convincing employees to uninstall evil browser extensions that may sell their browser history. You can try Collide with all its features on an unlimited number of devices, free for 14 days, no credit card required. Try it out at collide.com slash L-D-T. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash L-D-T. You mentioned the Raspberry Pi. That's not the only hardware enablement you've done as part of Ubuntu Mate. No, it's not. The
1: Raspberry Pi was obviously interesting. You know, that they were just getting to the point where running a desktop was almost kind of viable about the time that ubuntu mate was you know getting started and that all came from community developers initially i can't remember the name of whoever initially created that port but i helped and subsequently maintained that to this day and also when uh, we introduced ubuntu desktop to the raspberry pi for the 2010 release the official ubuntu desktop that was based on the work that I'd been doing over the last five years. So we were a small team of five people at Canonical working on that enablement. But it was, you know, largely steered by my experience in, you know, building Ubuntu Mate on the Raspberry Pi. But the other hardware porting actually started with Introware. Entroware have been a, a long time supporter of Ubuntu Mate, uh, financial and, other. Um And one of the things that I have done in the past is provided hardware enablement for intro wear devices on Ubuntu and Ubuntu Mate. And the, I think the first thing I did was I um, helped reverse engineer a trackpad driver for one of their models of laptops back in
2: 2015 or something. I did like the fact that the history section of your site effectively said this was so that you could point your family members at EntraWare and go, there you go, I made you a distribution and here's a laptop that can run it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it was absolutely uh, ridding myself of any sort of, you know, family tech support. It was like, yes, you need a laptop, go here, buy this one. And it just turns up with Ubuntu Mate on it. And Ubuntu Mate, welcome is a virtual me for my family so they can just install the (laughs) software that i i know that they
0: need to need to get easy access to in in order to be productive there's a bit of an awkward one as well gpd you've done a lot of hardware enablement for them but they seem to have gone off the rails a little bit recently
1: yeah they've not covered themselves in glory with the way that their cheese has been moved by valve um but they they have been fun to work with most recently i did One of their, was it the Win 3? And I'm still in touch with them. And hopefully, you know, they will send other new devices my way in the future. And I will, you know, happily work on them. Because from my point of view, I like making stuff. I like hacking on stuff. I do like the hardware enablement side of things. I enjoy that kind of hobbying. So if they're prepared to send me interesting devices to work on, I'm more than happy to receive, you know, an engineering sample and um,
2: do what I can do.
0: Yeah, so your daughter can then play with it when you're done with it. Uh, well, there is that. She, she has most of
2: them <laughs> in her room, yeah. <laughs> and in the meantime, you can work on a decent spin for the uh, Steam Deck, yeah?
1: Well, that's an interesting one. A few people have asked me, you know, would I make one for the Steam Deck? And I think the answer is no. I don't know how big the team at Valve is that are working on Steam OS these days, but they designed the hardware. (laughs) They are the custodians of the software platform that is Steam. I think it's best left to them. I think it would be an interesting, fun project, but let's not kid ourselves. Me on my own in my spare time, not going to be able to compete with what they're doing.
0: Uh, I'm sure you will once you get one, though.
1: No, I don't think I will. I think I'll just play games on it. (laughs) I think I'll actually be happy to have, you know, a Linux-powered games console that I can just
2: use for playing games. Yeah, it's the future. We'll even get Joe playing games on one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see about that. Well, we'd better wrap it up then, but thank you both for joining me. It's been fun. Maybe we should do this again sometime soon.
2: Yeah, that sounds good. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: So if people want to find out about you and Ubuntu Mate, uh, is it wimpysworld.com and ubuntu-mate.org?
1: Yeah, wimpysworld.com for all the stuff I do, which includes live streaming development of Ubuntu Mate and other projects. I've got a new one coming up that everyone's going to love. Ah. i had another brilliant idea, I think. <laughs> so yeah, Wimpy's World. you'll find out where I'm streaming on Twitch and you can uh, join me live as I work on stuff.
0: All right, well, I'll put links to those in the show notes. And Adam, you are a riddle wrapped in an enigma, so uh, we won't even bother linking to your LinkedIn. That's the only presence you have online.
2: Well, I'm sure people can email the podcast if they
0: want to uh, complain at me. Yeah, show at com.